You're listening to Passioners Podcast with Norbert Pustai. It's all about meaning, mission, and passion. Hey everyone, today is a special day because my guest is a good friend, a G rock star, Valeriano Donzelli Valle. Hi Valle. What is your current position and what was your story before you joined G and, and what is your career path and what, what did you do in the past 10-15 years? Buongiorno, Norby. Thanks for the very kind introduction. Nobody has ever called me rock star. I'm a horrible singer, but I appreciate that. So, uh, yeah, I've been uh, now a 14 years in GE. It's actually my first company after graduation in, uh, I've, I've, I've been achieved a master's degree in uh, uh, industrial and uh, business engineering. I began uh, in Italy, uh, my career with GE in a small factory um, on the 1st of March, 2004. And I basically, you know, was hired as a planner buyer in a small, small manufacturing plant. And those years were an extremely important challenge and, and lesson for me uh, in entering a new company, but also the, the business world and, um, and, and, you know, moving from university to, to work environment. Um, it's been transformational. However, two years later or in the process, I felt I needed a new challenge. I needed to, to put potentially move abroad, and uh, my manager at that time was promoted to a role in headquarters of the business at that time in EMEA, was in Budapest. And he had proposed me a couple of options, but the first one was to take a bigger job in Italy. And I said, well, I appreciate that, but I'd rather move abroad. And a few months later, he offered me a position as a project manager in Budapest, and I said, yeah. And by the way, I was already... Um, I had already been in Budapest a few times, and I, I loved the city. So I said, yeah, that's, that's the right thing to do. So I moved to Budapest um, in uh, 2006. And, uh, and since then, I have uh, you know, had a number of different roles within supply chain um, in, that, in the business, which is now called Industrial Solution. And it's, in fact, uh, in, in two weeks, it's going to be officially sold to ABB. But um, I, in, in those, you know, an additional seven years in that business, I, I grew a lot. I had an opportunity to, um, you know, grow and change position, always with more responsibilities every 18 to 24 months. And um, this has uh, continued until uh, 2013. But a few months earlier than that, I, um, I felt I needed a change. Um, it, it was a tough period for the business, but I also had my... You know, career um, was probably a bit too quick, and I was having a bit of a breakdown, like emotional or like uh, burnout, if you wish. And um, I felt it was time for change. And I, after having changed few bosses, actually interesting because the person that took me to Budapest became again my boss few ma- few years later. So it was my first boss and my last boss in in that business. And I told him, you know. It's my time to change. And he, he, he tried to keep me as much as he could, but finally I could move to power. 
um, and I took a job in uh, Verashek Yaz as a materials manager for the factory. And I, you know, that's how I kind of restarted my career or uh, shifted. And it's been a very good journey in, in power. I worked in the factory for three years. And uh, also there with growing responsibility, I had the opportunity to reshape uh, the team and, and kind of transform it. And I find um, interesting that when I came, that team was not necessarily the most, the most popular. And I, I believe when I left the, the, the role, many people really wanted to be part of my team. And in uh, you know, about two years ago, uh, March 2016, I had the opportunity to take an executive role in Switzerland as global optimization leader for gas turbine business in power. And as much as I loved Budapest, I felt, you know, my, my heart, my gut, everything was telling me I got to go to Switzerland and take this job. Also, because the hiring manager was a fantastic leader. And I say, yeah, I take it. I moved to Switzerland exactly on the same day when I had moved to Hungary 10 years before. So it was effectively 10 years. On 30 of April 2006, I had moved to Hungary. And 30 of April 2016, I moved to Switzerland. And then, um, uh, you know, last year, uh, for personal reasons, I, I asked to move back to Hungary. And since, uh, since January, I'm back. But I must say, uh, my... My learning curve has been fantastic. And also in Switzerland, I had a lot of time alone, which helped me uh, create a new space for myself and find kind of a new balance. I'm a very social person, and I had a lot of time alone in Switzerland, which, uh, which contributed a lot to my growth. I found a new dimension, which now I treasure, and I find important to keep my balance. So this is a bit of my career, uh, a lot of uh, changes, Relatively, uh, relatively quick career, if you wish. And um, I, you know, if I can say one thing about my career, I think I was very lucky for all the managers I've had because they were always spending time uh, growing me and um, wanting the best of me and coaching me. So I'm very grateful for the contribution they had on my development. Sometimes we are busy with being busy, and you mentioned that you had time to be alone. Uh, what did you learn about yourself, or what, what were, were these realizations that you had in, in Switzerland? Thank you. It's a good question. I, I guess I learned that I need that time. I need that alone time to refill my batteries. It, uh, it creates some sort of uh, general awareness and stillness which I can always go back to when I'm under stress. So I you know, practice much more meditation. I could read more. I could uh, really take uh, quality time for myself. And interestingly enough, as I said, I'm a very social person, but I didn't necessarily look for you know, a lot of social activities because I felt that that's what I, I had to learn in that period. So uh, I, my, as I said, when I had the kind of a burnout you know, five years ago, I had very high blood pressure and a bunch of other symptoms that my body was giving me. And now, you know, I have much more responsibilities, if you wish, than I had at that time. But I find myself very peaceful. I, I can handle most of the situation without stressing out. And, and that's also the feedback I get from people. So I found a dimension that um, um, really helped me, deal, helped me deal with various situations of life, and particularly on the workplace. Stress, tough circumstances 
dealing with challenges, dealing with you know, potentially conflicting priorities and these kind of things. So did you take these um, signs uh, as, as like an alarm or, or like um, you have to, have to change something? Because when I talk to you, you are a corporate person, but at the same time very spiritual and, and you talk a lot about uh, meditation, mindfulness, and you even have um, your own meetup series um, called Inspiral Club. Could you tell me something about it and, and uh, how did you have this transition in this um, uh, change? Yeah, it, I think there are a lot of elements um, to, to answer this question. But I would say in my first um, nine, ten years of, um, of career, I had uh, dedicated a lot of my resources and time to, to the career itself. And... And also, I had an, the num things I was doing out of work were not necessarily helping me grow. Like I would watch a lot of football matches and uh, um, and watch a lot of TV. Um, so you know, I I, th I would say I didn't have enough time for my development other than career, other than work, and um, and I didn't have that space that I could cultivate. You know, after I moved to power, I started to, you know, qu quit some of the things that I was doing outside of work too, and I create time for myself for to do things that would develop me. I read more books, I watched more TED talks, I listened to podcasts, and I kind of create a positive spiral of inspiration that uh, made me feel like uh, that I was thriving, I was growing, and every day it's a new day, and I can learn something new and. Um, that's been a massive change for me. My, I, I realize my life is not only G, you know? And, uh, and in fact, all the things I've learned as a part of this process, I brought back, I bring back every day to the work. And that's, that's I think, the beauty of it. But it's been really to, uh, to cultivate certain skills or certain part of my life, parts of my life that uh, was, were being neglected or, or not, not considered enough. You know, you know, growing and find peace and find a joy and um, reduce your stress level. So all these things that make me make me happy and make me flow. What are those activities at work which you call them your passions, and how did you find them? You know, this is a hard question to answer in few sentences. I think I could talk about it for hours, but. Um, I'd say, you know, high level, I love learning, I love teaching, and I love inspiring. Now, how do I, how do I apply this to, to work? Um, so one of the things I, I particularly enjoy and I always liked in my career is to create processes that work well and keep improving themselves and keep improving the, the work of people. And this is not only about the technical aspects of the job, which is also very important, but there are other elements, like how, how do we get people to share more of their knowledge? Many times we have them work in silo and not necessarily talking to each other. How do, we, how do we do this in a systematic way? How do we create an environment for people to share and to connect? How do we make them continuous and conscious learners and teachers at the same time? You know, I've seen many times uh, processes failing 
or being inefficient, not, not because the design of the process was wrong, but because the human aspect of the processes was not being cultivated enough. Example like people that don't follow the standard procedures because they don't like the process. There are some elements which make it dull or boring. And even if the process in itself is you know, supposed to be good, if people are not engaged, it's not going to work. So I always, uh, or you know, as I became conscious of these dynamics in, uh, in you know, process improvements, I always try to, to be par pay particular attention to the human side of process improvement. Um, the other aspect that I, you know, kind of, it's a passion of mine and I apply to the workplace is to create a, a positive work environment where people can feel that they are developing, but at the same time they can find balance, health, and also fun. How do I do it? Um, you know, I, again, I try to create a positive and respectful atmosphere. I, one aspect that I like to highlight is like flexibility. I think people um, can have a lot of benefit from flexibility and value it. It can be flexibility in their schedules um, or when they need to take breaks. What matters is that they can focus on what's important using the, the time with, in a way that it's best for them. Of course, there are customers, right? There are a number of stakeholders, so they need to meet, you know, uh, all those requirements, but we need to allow our people some level of flexibility that get them to, to, feel, to feel good, to feel healthy, and to thrive. Personally, I really never wanted to know at what time my people start or finish um, or you know, micromanage them. I, I really value what they deliver and how they deliver. And one aspect I would like to demystify a bit is that you cannot always measure, measure people's contributions with numbers. How do you measure someone who creates a positive and uplifting mood in the team? You don't measure that, right? Yet, it's a very precious person in the team, at least to me. And I, I don't know if I can measure that, but it, it can create a lot of energies and good vibes that ultimately result in people wanting to be in your team, wanting to stay, and uh, being more efficient. And I, as I mentioned, I'm a big believer that uh, fun at work is critical. We need a, you know, a bit more relaxed environment to reduce stress and create engagement. And laughter and fun are great enablers for that. And the irony is that really people are become more effective and efficient if they are glad to go to work every day, no? Uh, maybe another point is, uh, is you know, the idea of having the calendar always fully booked and having one meeting after, after the other with no breaks. I always encourage my, my people, my team, to create spaces for them. You know, take time for breathing or just cooling down their thoughts for a few minutes, take a short stroll outside, or create connection with, with co-workers. So this is very important. I'm very passionate about leadership and particularly how its uh, paradigms are evolving in the last few years. I, I think we can all recognize that a lot of great managers in the corporate world, but you know, management is more tactical. It's about getting things done. You know, that's what actually the verb to manage means, right? I think leadership is a bit of another story. It's about getting people on your boat 
it's less about hierarchy and more about working in a synchronized and synergistic way. How do we make people work in their strength zone and have them feel they are contributing to something bigger than themselves versus always pointing out the um, development needs or, or the things that need to be improved? How do we get them to be in their, in their flow, in their strength zone? We want them to be in that zone most of the time to you know, have their, the best version of themselves work. And it's also to inspire them to see beyond what they can see right now, to show them new horizons and perspective. I think that's a bit what leadership is to me. And the last thing I would highlight about what I love in general and I, I can apply to work is storytelling. You know, finally, nowadays when I introduce myself at workshops or at training or various situations, I say I'm a storyteller. Because I believe storytelling is a fantastic tool to connect people. And you can apply really many times, like you, particularly when you're a people leader. You gather your team on a weekly basis and you, you want to, some, you know, it's particularly difficult when they are remote, right? But you want them to be engaged and you need to be a good storyteller. You need to connect them to a deeper level versus just showing numbers, KPIs, and how the business is doing. Even talking about business, you can do it through, through storytelling. And that's, that's you know, something that I keep on learning and I find inspiring for me and for people. Did I answer your question? It was too long. Excellent. Actually, I felt like I want to join your team. <laughs> um, another topic. So we, we were talking about the passion and the other topic, the, the mission statement, pers personal mission statement. So you have the Inspiral Club. This is a bi-weekly um, <clears throat> meetup where you bring always a topic and you, you talk about it with a, with a group in pairs and then with, you, you can share with the others. And I, I remember it was also one of your, your main topic at one of the events. So why important to have a mission statement and the mission and, and what is your mission statement? Yeah, so that's a very interesting topic. I, when I realized you were going to ask me this question, I looked back at my first draft of my mission statement, which is about five years ago. And uh, I, I learned about personal mission statement from a fantastic book, which is called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey that I believe many people um, know and there is, by the way, in the book, there is a very powerful technique on how to write a mission statement. But yeah, I look, I look back and I, I realize that I need to refresh it because there are a lot of things that uh, um, have changed, but it won't change the core of it, but maybe I will, I'm gonna change a few aspects. But I believe uh, mission statement is your, like, your compass. It's, it gives you direction and it's, uh, it's an interesting journey to, to write it. it. It's not an exercise of a one day. Okay, you can draft it and then it's, it's evolving, it's, a docu it's, a, it's always a work in progress, but I guess most people would catch the, core, the, the bulk of it right the first time because it's a lot about values and principles and what you believe in. Uh, my, mission, uh, my personal mission statement as an, an initial sentence that basically says, my goal, my aim is to live a fulfilling life and be at peace with myself. And also that my words and behaviors need to reflect my values and my principles. 
And it also says that I want to contribute to the good of others. I want to inspire them to find their best selves, to develop, and to be fulfilled and at peace, like I, want, I wish for myself. And then uh, this is just kind of an intro, and then I list uh, a number of behaviors that I want to display and, and some of the values I believe in. I just, just to mention some of those, I say I want to be kind with everyone, not just with the people that are close to me, like family and friends, but why not with everybody else? I want to make decisions that are not good just for me, but that take into account the overall impact on others and on the planet. For example, in what I consume or what I buy or what I eat. The other aspect which you know, I find very important for people development and it's been transformational for me is becoming more and more aware of my conditioning and my patterns and my triggers to make more and more conscious choices versus automatic responses which are based on stories or on scripts which you know, do not belong to me or are not aligned to my purpose. Be maybe they come from education, they come from TV or from the society or whatever. I want to be able to question all of this and find my way of solving problems, my way of t telling stories, my way of using language. Um, other points are about practicing gratitude every day, being grateful for all the good things I've that manifest in my life and um, seeing the beauty and the good in others versus pointing out what's wrong or what doesn't work. I think that's a pretty uh, big shift of perspective when you are... Our brain is designed for whatever reason. Um, it had to survive through very tough times during our evolution and it's, uh, it's primed to look at the negative and to be stressed out and see threats. But now we live in a world that has changed and we don't have threats every day, I mean life threats. So uh, we, we can, you know, turn the, turn the thing around and look at the beautiful things and concentrate on beauty. It that requires, a, you know, a conscious effort to do that because, again, our brain looks at otherwise. But that's what I try to do. Yeah, this is a bit of what's in my, in my mission statement. But, again, now you, uh, you give me a good input um, to kind of review it and, and make some updates. Thanks a lot. Actually, it sounded like uh, the mission statement of the Pope or an no. inspirational speaker. But how can you apply these beautiful words into your work? And also, so how, how you can uh, create value in people's life in and out of work? Well, maybe you should ask them if I create any, any value. Now, jokes apart, uh, I guess I can refer to some of the feedbacks I get from people. Indeed, uh, quite often people say I inspire them. And that's why I made this word kind of my mantra. People tell me that I can help them look at things from a different angle. And that's really the feedback that I get most of the times. And here's how, how I see it. You know, people come to me with the story and their opinion and the, their judgment on the, on the story. Their struggles, sometimes dramas. And what I try to do is I help them see those stories from a different angle, from a different perspective. One of the things I you know, try to do is help them release or remove uh, their challenge, um, sorry, uh, you know, remove their judgments on, on that story. Okay? 
we, we tend to be very judgmental. Like we, we, we want to call something right or wrong, good or bad all the time. But the reality is that life is very fluid. There is, a, you know, in most cases, a scale of grace between the black and the white. And if we release ourselves from that, you know, wanting to judge stuff, we can open doors for many of those uh, opportunities or scales uh, of gray. And um, I help them see an opportunity where they normally see a problem or a struggle or a difficulty or see the bigger picture. How, what does this do to your entire life? What does it do to the, the life of others? What does it do to the world? And this applies both to work and outside. So really offering a new, a new spin on things. And, uh, you know, going a bit deeper on that, I go back to the idea of uh, the conditioning and the stereotypes. We, we live a lot by, by ideas that have been created by others. And this applies to many aspects of life. Um, and applies also to the language we use. So I always like to offer people an, a new way of like talking, like use a different language, use your own metaphors to describe life. I always make the example of fighting um, that uh, we use fighting for pretty much a lot of uh, different dynamics. For example, in sport, we like to you know use all the motivational speeches in sport that you see in movie are about fighting or most of them. And I say, no, no, because, you know, you, you don't need that to be able to give the best of yourself. And I say, use dancing instead of fighting. Why would I want to fight everything? Like, you fight against the drugs, fight, fight against the sickness. What reality says is when you fight, you actually strengthen your opponent. Hmm. And... And I feel it's not a good narrative. Say some, use some, use some other story to your, for yourself, for your when you want to have a when you have a challenge. Tell you the, tell yourself a different story. It's just an example, but I really call this uh, offering new narratives. Okay, so uh, there are many aspects in uh, in our world where the language is very negative, and I think we can turn it around and use different language, which fits more to each of us. Yeah, these are things I just you know think I'm I'm good at, and I can help others. Create, and I create some value by really uh, looking at things from a different perspective. How can you use all of your creativity and passion at one perk place? Is it possible or um, you can find a balance by doing other things in your free time so you have your own work, you have your own position and then you are also a um, uh, doing public speaking, uh, we met at Toastmasters first time. Also, um, you do uh, workshops and and so many things. So, is it possible to find at one place, or you you can create your own uh, ideal life? That's a good question. I've seen different type of of personalities and people and how they respond to this challenge. There are people indeed that uh, they can find or their fulfillment and if you wish their passion in their job. And uh, you know they don't mind working 10, 12 hours uh, and they don't complain about it because that's what they love doing. Okay, of course they have life outside, but you know most of their energies are in the job, which is which is great. I mean, it's it, it's good for them. Um, most people probably have uh, the desire and the need of 
of other activities outside of work to cultivate them, their, their passions and their development. And um, I'm one of them, but I still like what I do. And I try to kind of combine in a way that, that I ask myself, can I bring my purpose and my passion to the workplace too? And I do it by just following some of the things I mentioned on when I talk about my mission statement, right? Can I be more, can I be kinder? Can I, be, can I offer fun? Like I just, you know, finished a long project, six months project, and, and people were giving me the feedback that, Vala, you brought a lot of fun to the team. It was a tough project, you know, and how do I do it? For example, every time we would meet, I collect the, the funny sentences and quotes that people would say during the two, three days meetings. And, you know, I put them together and I, on the Friday of the week, I send them the list of funny quotes. In fact, today's Friday, so we just meet this, met this week and I, um, I have this task for today to send the, the memorable quotes email. But yeah, so I try to, you know, uh, apply all of those, uh, you know, values and, um, and behaviors into my workplace too. This is one way of, of looking at it, but I don't want to, you know, fool anybody. A lot of the content of our jobs, you know, is sometimes difficult. It can be even, uh, you know, repetitive. Yeah, why not? It is what it is. And um, I don't think there is anybody that has like a 100% score on being fulfilled at work every single moment, okay? So it, it goes by percentages. Uh, I guess if, if for the most of the time you are, you are unhappy or you don't find yourself uh, uh, fulfilled, then it's probably time for you to consider another role or another job. Um, but, um, but, you know, it has, it has to be balanced. There, there has to be a general sense of purpose in what you do. And, um, and, uh, and if you have the purpose, I think it, you can also better cope with uh, the, the task that you don't necessarily like. Okay, like in power, we have this motto of uh, power in the world. Mm. And it's a pretty strong purpose. And, uh, you know, it can, if you have, if you have it in mind and you, f you feel it's good for the world, uh, it can, you know, help you in, in the difficult times, uh, for example, or when you do things which you don't necessarily, um, you know, love. But yeah, to your previous question, really, uh, I, I think most people would probably want um, some space out of work to, to, to you know, cultivate and, and practice their passions and what they like. Um, my recommendation, and you, you know this, Norby, I say this all the time, is, is question some of the things you do. I mean, time is precious. Use it to develop yourself. Use it to, you know, to do things that you, uh, that you love. And, uh, and sometimes there are a lot of activities that we, we do just because we've always done. And um, I, I personally found a lot of more uh, content and, uh, and you know, better feelings in my life when I dropped things that they didn't have a purpose anymore. And I'm talking about things I've done for 20, 30 years, like, like watching football. I, you know, I just don't watch football anymore. You know, I, and I don't want to suggest that, you know, people that have similar <laughs> hobbies, they need to, to it just for me, it was not on purpose. That's it. I just, you know, I use my time to do public speaking, to inspire people, to write articles, it, you know. So challenge 
what, what doesn't give you positive energies, or it's just flat, or it's just numb. What, what can you do to be more alive? What can you do to be more inspired? And how can you help others get into their you know, next level? So that's what I have in mind. Thanks for sharing this. Uh, it seems like we, we do a lot of things um, which, which is our routine and, and we, we have to be conscious to realize that it's uh, not something that we like to do, but we, we just do it for, for, for a long time. What is your advice and message for those people who are still in the process to find their passion? So how they can... What, what, what was your story and how did you find these, these things and what, what is your advice then? That's a hard question. I think uh, one way to answer this is to be connected with yourself and be open to the signals that life brings you. When I say when you connect with yourself, Sometimes it's really be attuned with your inner state and with your body. Your body and your emotional patterns will always give you a, a sense of whether you are aligned or you're not, whether you are centered or not. You, when your body is stressed, you have physical symptoms. You have your heart pounding. You sometimes feel con um, your, your stomach is contracted. So I, I lived under, you know, very stressful times for, for, for long. And, and now every time I, I just observe, you know, I take a few seconds to observe what my body is telling me. I see, oh my God, my, 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 my stomach is contracted. So it means I'm for whatever reason, I'm perceiving stress. And many times we, we just don't look at it. We just do things without realizing what's our state, what's our state of mind. Are we, are we peaceful or are we, you know, are we in a state of anxiety, in a state of continuous distress? So, you know, be connected with yourself. Listen to what your, your emotional state is and your body is. That, that's the first suggestion I have. And, and when you take note and take account of this and you become conscious, then you can realize you know, how often this happens during the day and when does it happen. And that helps you realize what are the activities that, um, that you, know, you either need to remove or you need to change your approach to those. Sometimes you cannot remove yourself from a situation you are queuing at the post office. I always make this example. You're queuing at the post office and you, you need to go, right? You, you need to pay the bill. And there are like 10 people in front of you. You can be miserable and tell yourself all the stories of how much time you're losing and be stressed about it. Or you can take those, you know, 10, 15 minutes or 20 to create something in your mind, to write a text message to someone you you know, who is in trouble or you didn't write long time ago, uh, you, you haven't written for a long time, um, or think about something positive. I mean, there are a number of ways to, to be in the same situations, but with a different mindset. 
Okay, so sometimes being connected to, with yourself tells you what are the things you should quit doing. Some other times it tells you it tells it gives you a signal that you need to change the way you approach them. You need to to look at things from a different perspective. You need to find opportunities. So this is the, this is one thing. So um, getting connected, and then the other th signal is really look at the people that inspire you. Be around people that inspire you, inspire you because those people show you something that you yet cannot see. And you look at people that say things that you love and you feel their energy and you say, yeah, wh why couldn't I do the same? How, what does this person have that I don't have? That's how it happened to me. Like, I, I'm very uh, happy I, I write articles and blog. And I started this about three years ago because someone... I tell you actually the story. Someone came to deliver a training at GE, and I found that person inspiring. So I said, you know, I invite her for a coffee to ask her what's her, what's her trick. I have, this is one of the suggestions I have for everyone, by the way. If there is someone you, that inspires you, invite the person for a lunch. Do that and hear, hear their stories. Okay? They, you can always find opportunities. So, and she told me, yeah, I do this and that. I just decide to you know, do my own business. But that was not the core. At some point she said, I, wrote, I started to write articles on this platform called Medium. And something clicked. I used to write when I was a teenager or in my early 20s. And then you know, life takes over. So I lost that. Um, I, I wouldn't say lost the passion, but I didn't continue. And then she, I said, wow, yeah. I, why didn't I write? Why did I stop? I should do it. And then I began writing, and then, you know, a few uh, of this medium publication asked me to write for them. And now I write 40 publications. I, I made my own publication. And I love writing, right? How do you find? Because I followed inspiration. Somebody inspired me, I, you know, want to talk to the person. So if you have role models, if you have people that, that make you click and make you feel, wow, you know, that person has a secret. Go find out what the secret is. Talk to the person. That, that's, I think, and sometimes it, it will not necessarily, uh, you know, bring a new activity or a new hobby, but it will bring back something that you dropped or give you a new idea. Uh, it can be pretty much anything, but, um, but you know, that's, that's what I feel. Inspiration is, uh, it's through people. It's mostly through people. And it doesn't have to be physical, like, you know, a podcast, a TED Talk, a YouTube video can inspire you, you know, a book, and then that's how you find your way. I love to listen to um, Vale's thoughts and, and ideas. And, and one more thing, so if you find someone who is a big inspiration for you, don't just invite him or her for a lunch, but try to spend as much time as you can. So like my case with Vala, we met at Toastmasters first, and then we met again and again, and, and then two weeks ago we, we, I had a pleasure to, that uh, Vala invited me uh, to make a workshop together with, with Agnes, with a, a third facilitator. And um, every time I talk to Vala, it's a big, big, uh, inspiration i try to not to use again this word but um, i always learn something new and and a new idea a new thought comes which which uh, brings me to new places and um, 
when you when you realize that you find yourself find your passion find your mission it doesn't really matter if you are a leader at a big company you are um, a spiritual leader you are a teacher you can create value so uh, now i just go and and i will digest these these uh, thoughts and ideas and thanks a lot uh, Vala for sharing with us. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thank you. It's been a great opportunity. I appreciate taking the time. You taking the time for this, and uh, see you see you soon, I guess. And thanks again. Bye. <laughs>